It's only a kick. A jump. A block. It's only a serve. It's only a tackle. A run. It's only for the fans. After all, it's only pressure. You got this. Adidas. Hi there, I'm Craig Ellingson, sports editor at the Edmonton Journal, and this is our Oilers podcast for February 6th, 2015. With me in the studio is uh, Edmonton Journal sports columnist John McKinnon. Hi, John. Thank God it's Friday. And with us from Toronto on the phone is uh, Oilers beat writer Joanne Ireland. Hi, Joanne. Hello. Well, we're heading into uh, the Oilers' longest road trip of the year, six games. Uh, Six games in ten days. They start on Saturday, tomorrow, against the Toronto Maple Leafs in Toronto. And it'll end uh, ten days later, or nine days later, in Winnipeg on the 16th. Uh, So that's a lot of games to be playing in a, a short period of time, but necessary I suppose we just had an all-star break and of course there is no Olympics this year not like last year but um, I guess we'll start off by talking about the trip Joanne I mean the orders are heading into uh, heading into this trip uh, you know they've performed uh, I guess well in comparison uh, to the reign of Dallas Aikens well under Todd Nelson they're what seven seven and two since Todd Nelson took over by himself on the bench yeah, they've certainly um, been playing a, a different game than they were uh, earlier this season. Um, you know, and it, you mentioned sort of the, the the this road trip coming up. I mean, it is it is a lot of games and a lot of days, but it's also fairly easy travel. I mean, this is what Eastern teams do all the time. I mean, they they're an hour away from in in some of these lakes, so it's not like traveling out west where where the six six games in 10 days out west would be a killer but yeah they have to they have to sort of rebound here a little bit during this trip I mean they've you know they've shown signs of improvement I guess if you want to call it that but they uh didn't fare well against Pittsburgh the other night didn't play well at all actually to start so um that's something I think Nelson's sort of intent on nipping in the bud right away that's that was a a problem that sort of undoing under Dallas. I mean, they get off to sort of some horrific starts, and it's really hard to understand when they're on home home ice, but they're coming into Toronto against a team that's a little interesting matchup. I mean, Toronto's in a massive free fall of their own right now, and went into Jersey tonight with uh, winless in 10 games, so if ever the Oilers had an opponent sort of right for the picking to get off on the right foot, this would be it. Yeah, it is an interesting road trip in that uh, uh, it's very uh, user-friendly. Uh, there's there's a back to back in uh, New Jersey on Long Island, which so is essentially like what a half forty forty minute bus ride. Same town basically, mm-hmm. and they go Montreal. You know, then a day in between in Ottawa. This is up no up literally ninety minutes west. Uh, you know, to get to our ninety minutes east, I guess from from uh, Montreal to Ottawa, and uh, finishing off in Winnipeg, where the team is in uh, <laughs> a fairly strong state of disarray. So it's it's a mixed uh, bag. I mean, uh, to to my judgment, uh, you know, New York Islanders, Montreal, these are teams that are among the best teams in the East. Ottawa is a little bit out of the playoff picture at the moment. Um, Toronto is not in the playoff picture at all. And, and Jersey's kind of almost out of the playoff picture. So they're not playing the, the toughest opponents necessarily. Uh, so we'll see what happens. Um, and, of course, uh, 
you know, they're, they're being on the road. I think for this team at this time is probably not a bad thing because they they haven't had that much time under Todd Nelson. They they seem to be sort of um, gelling as a bit of a different with a bit different mood, different mindset, more upbeat uh, tone. I think to that room, and but now they're on the road, and oftentimes that can help with the bonding process. Uh, because this is clearly it's a team that's sort of in transition more than once over the course of an 82-game schedule. Um, so it, it could be good for them. Uh, what that means in terms of record, we'll see. Now heading into yeah. the – oh, go ahead, Joanne. Oh, I was going to say, yeah, it's tough. I mean, John brought up a good point there, and you know, maybe that's worth sort of visiting here real quick, is just the – you know, they haven't um, been on an extended trip under Nelson, and, and there is a decided difference in sort of the attitude in the um, – energy levels uh, not just and we're, we're hearing and seeing more of it now and now more and off, more often than not now um, just even like in the practices or in the room and you know I mean we mentioned here that it sort of just came out in conversation the other day about the fact that under Dallas Aikens it had been a, a sort of a rite of passage here that they would play ping pong and that sort of was taken away from them and the ping pong table's been back and you know so they have sort of that sort of um, camaraderie that they you know, have tournaments pre-practice and post-practice and, and that sort of thing. So uh, there's definitely a sort of a renewed enthusiasm. And I think even practices now, they have a silly little drill that they'll do that they pick um, they pick a player of the practice and then he sort of has to do this sort of lap around the rink and then lead the stretch. And, you know, it's little sort of incidental stuff, but it seems to make a big difference for them. And so this will be their real opportunity to see them. I'm sure there'll be some team meals and um, just getting out and sort of regrouping. And plus they have some new players that are in the fold too. I mean, there's been some changes here too. And, and being away on a road trip often helps sort of build that sort of camaraderie. Now injuries are playing a, a factor for the Oilers right now. We have Taylor Hall and Benoit Pouliot, mm-hmm. their top two wingers, out uh, with foot injuries right now. Of course, Taylor Hall's injuries... You know, he, he's been uh, nursing something here since, what, the beginning of November. Uh, no, it's not the same injury, though. I know it's not the same injury, but still. He's obviously uh, been in and out of the lineup here. Uh, plus, uh, you know, Nikitin is now on, on the injury reserve list, is too. And uh, we have Mer- uh, Martin Marinson uh, returning to the Oilers lineup uh, after, sp- what, spending the bulk of the season down in Oklahoma City. Yeah, and it looks like um, he wasn't, you know, um, it wasn't definitive, but it sounds like he'll get a, a look in the lineup tomorrow night. I would presume they'll slot him in to play with Mark Fain, a sort of a steadying influence back there for him. And, you know, it's a bit of a, a bit of a measuring stick here for, for Marinson to see where he's at. I mean, he played a lot last season with the Oilers, and everyone thought he was sort of had sort of established himself in an NHLer. Came into camp, didn't start the season in the lineup, kind of find himself down the jump chart with the acquisitions of Nikitin and Fane and, and Keith Ollie to some extent and played some games wasn't sort of um, you know didn't really sort of find his foothold there and ended up back in, in Oklahoma City and the in the message when he went was to sort of find that assertiveness in his game with you know in, in the tougher areas I mean when he's moving up ice he's you know he's that wasn't a question about his game. It was just sort of how he could handle himself along the boards and in, in battle situations. So he's, you know, he's apparently played well down in Oklahoma City, and, and there's no question he's another player that will come up here and benefit have, from having Nelson. He knows what Nelson wants, and Nelson knows what he can get out of him. So 
um, I guess it's probably the perfect scenario for him to sort of, um, you know, make a statement here now that Nelson's coaching. It's interesting, uh, just in, the, on, in terms of the defense, and they have to make a couple of changes with Nikitin out uh, uh, with an injury, I guess, for the rest of the season. But anyways, the uh, um, Craig McTavish was on the radio today on uh, their own, on the Oilers show, uh, but he was quite interesting. And he he, um, he talked about how, uh, which I think is true, that, that the Clefbaum-Justin Schultz pairing seems to be settling into being reliable and also, you know, kind of, um, making some um, good, you know, doing some good things offensively, and um, he he also made very clear that he seems to see Nikitin when he's healthy and Fain as a as a number. So the you know Schultz Kluckbaum's number one pairing, Nikitin Fain down the road, number two pairing, and then uh, after that, you know, Ferentz with somebody, um, and who that is would be you know unclear, um, and it was, he he didn't really get into the disposition of Jeff Petrie uh, as the trade deadline nears, but I think it's fairly clear that, uh, and Joanne wrote about this, that, uh, I mean, they have to trade him to get some value, and they probably get, I think, a decent return. What that is, unclear, but because he's playing extremely well as well. Yeah, and I think we'd all agree, John, you you particularly haven't watched more games, obviously, up close and personal than Craig, but um, in the Keaton's game was really sort of, he'd sort of looked like he'd sort of made the transition before he, this shoulder injury took him out of the lineup. I mean, there were times earlier in the season where just like everyone was shaking their head and scratching their head wondering what it was that uh, they decided was going to make him a, a valuable addition. And, and I think he sort of settled in and then now he's gone and I mean, I don't imagine they're going to see him back. If they do, I mean, I know they say in four to six weeks, but it's highly unlikely he'll get in many games here before the end of the season. Right, and I agree. I mean, I think that, among other things, we started to see, which the Oilers badly needed, we started to see that big shot that he has from the point on a more regular basis. We started to see him put the body on people uh, more consistently, and I think he just got into some kind of a groove where he was, um, um, you know, making less mistakes and uh, more reliable, um, but we've but, seen but that from a number of these injury. guys. I mean, that, that is, you know, again, you're right. It looks more and more like he is going to be moved, but then that leaves a pretty big hole in the, in the defensive core that isn't that good to start with. And you know, suddenly, you know, I mean, they're obviously that's just been an ongoing work in progress. But you take him out of the mix, and I guess you have to look at sort of those two pairings you mentioned with uh, Clefbaum and. And Schultz is sort of their top pairing because uh, what other options are you going to have? Yeah, no, there, there, there's no doubt they're at a place where whatever piece comes out of the lineup leaves a big hole, and it's it sort of you know two steps forward, one step back in terms of right. the of rebuilding uh, makes it slower. Uh, the reality is that uh, they weren't able to sign him to a long term contract. Uh, right. he's, I mean, I think he would be doing himself a disservice not to test the free agent market. Right. And so, therefore, which uh, does not preclude the Oilers signing him, actually, although it would be very unlikely, I would think. But um, the way he's playing, and he's also, he's playing with more of a physical edge. Uh, he, he has a, an all-around game when he's, when he's actually on his game. And uh, I, I think he's been uh, very good uh, recently. And um, I can't imagine that other teams are not noticing. Well, defensemen, you know, right-shot defensemen, people need those guys. 
Yeah. And the other player we should probably uh, mention here too is uh, Victor Foss, whose game has really come around in goal. And he's another player that could generate some interest here going into the trade deadline, which again would leave another hole in their, you know, another hole in the on the other in the back end of the ice again. So. Oh yes, uh, there's. <laughs> They, I, but anyways, we'll see what happens. I, I, I do agree that that, that uh, under Nelson, again, it was sort of interesting what McTavish was saying because he was kind of saying, yeah, Nelson's made a difference, but he, he, of course, he's a GM, so maybe this was a little tiny bit self-serving, but he was saying that new personnel was actually making, to, to his view, uh, a bigger impact. So um, clean camera, uh, Derek Roy, um, kind of the, the new... Anton Lander, who's come up from the minors right. uh, recently, um, that these guys and they are—they're they're making. And they uh, have, I agree. They're yeah. making, they're making I, a I difference. Agree, but I, but I, I do think just listening to the players and and just sort of sort of watching them under Todd. I mean, they're. I mean, it, I think it's a combination of sort of new players and both both Queen Cameras playing for a contract. Derek Roy's trying playing for a contract and trying to sort of reestablish himself. I think you know people thought he was done in in Nashville. And, you know, so you've got these players with motive and, you know, you've got, I mean, maybe Yakupov put it best the other day talking about it with Nelson for him in particular is that there's a communication there that I don't think he had with Dallas. And, you know, for what these guys get paid, they should be happy going to the rink every day. But there's definitely, I think there's a little more fun in the game now that maybe wasn't there before. No, it's, it's you can feel it. There's no question. You can see it. I think in in the yeah. performance. Although, as I said, and we've covered this a little bit, the Pittsburgh game was not necessarily a very right. good example of their current game. But but that aside, they, they have been, uh, I think, more cohesive, and um, they're playing a, a more like. There's actually structure to, the, to their lineup. Yeah. They have a good, yeah. a really good fourth line. They have the, the defense is not great, but it's coming around and so on. And I think they're getting better goaltending. So. You know, we'll see. I mean, they they need to get Hall and Pouliot back, obviously. But right. and it sounds like uh, both of them made the trip, which is you know, which suggests it's not going to be long term. Otherwise, they would have been back getting treatment. Um, but it does sound like Pouliot may be back before Hall. Um, you know, I mean, I think they may have made a mistake um, getting Hall back in the lineup in San Jose because whatever he did, he aggravated it and um, has sort of set himself back even farther. But um, I would, I would suspect that Pouliot may, may even skate tomorrow, which would bring him a day or two closer to returning, and then Taylor maybe before the end of the road trip. Now, with the orders, I guess it's not impossible. Uh, would they want to re-sign Jeff Petrie? I mean, I know obviously the future's coming quickly as well. I mean, next year we would expect to see a, a Darnell Nurse in the lineup at some point. Um, you know, Jeff Petrie is, what, he's 27 at some point this year. He's entering the prime of his career. And now, you know, like you said in your story today, Joanne, he's uh, been the steadiest orders defenseman here for the last month or so. Um, do you give up on a guy like that? I mean, obviously, teams have to make a choice at some point in time with maximize their returns if indeed they want to trade him to get something back. But would the orders be, be uh, just as well served by hanging on to him somehow? Well, there's no, I mean, they, they very well could. They haven't done a lot of, uh, haven't had a lot of talks as, as of yet, but I mean, there's no, there's nothing to suggest that they won't um, at least entertain 
some contract talks between now and, and March 2nd, but but if you're, as John said, if you're Jeff Petrie, why would you take that right now? Unless you've got such a sweet deal in terms of what you're looking for for term, what you're looking for for dollars, um, why wouldn't you just sort of see what's out there? You know, it's just, I mean, that, that's always the question, right? I mean, some, it depends how content, I guess, or, or how um, Petrie feels about staying, too. I mean, some guys are quite will take a you know the old proverbial hometown discount or, or sign early and avoid free agency if, if they really want to stay and, and some just want to see what it's like so um, you know, I mean, lots can happen between now and March 2nd there's no question excuse me like Petrie to me is an interesting position in that it's possible that he could be traded that the let's just say hypothetically the Oilers could make a deal with a team that's uh, really well positioned to take a run right. deep into the playoffs. But then he could sign elsewhere once the season is over. So right. um, he might, that could be, for him, that could, <laughs> could be the best of all possible worlds. He gets traded somewhere, takes a run at the Stanley Cup, and then after that goes for his big money contract. Um, but we'll see. Uh, but I, I, look, he's, he would be a good fit here. Uh, my own sense is that once you have Nurse here, you don't really need Petrie, yeah. uh, particularly if you're sold on Clefbaum Schultz and you're sold on Nikita, Nikita Fane. Then you, you know now how quickly they bring along Darnell Nurse is another kind of question. But uh, he looked mighty impressive in the World Junior Hockey Championship, that's for sure. Yeah, and you know, yeah, I mean, I guess the other thing too, Petrie has to weigh into all this um, is the role that he play. I mean, he may he's not necessarily going to be a top two top four defensemen elsewhere depending on sort of what situation he might end up in but um, yeah I mean that's that's sort of the, the thing I guess that's the beauty of it if you're if you're the player in Petrie's position that's all those are sort of all decisions you get to make and um, there's no his agent's surely telling him look like we're going to let this play out and see what, what's out there absolutely well, that's all I had. I don't know if anybody else had any anything they wanted to uh, bring up. Uh, all I have is uh, I'm always interested to see what happens in uh, the center of the universe uh, with the Oilers going in there. Uh, <laughs> it's a uh, bit of a uh, carnival at the uh, best of times, and so we'll see. Because right now that team is, uh, uh, you know, kind of aimless. And uh, well, you know what? You know what's really interesting? I just I overheard this. I uh, was talking on the Toronto Riders today at the Oilers skate, which I. Talk about role reversal here. He's talking about how, when since Peter Hordacek's come in, and who, like Todd Nelson, is carrying the interim tag on his uh, head coaching um, title there. He's, since he's come in, I guess they've taken they've gone sort of more of the approach that Dallas Aikens had taken, where they have more days off and the practice is a little lighter, and, and sort of that they've gone that route, and it's obviously not working because he's 12 games into his tenure, and they're 09 and one. So. Um, <laughs> I don't know what's going on here, but uh, and the big the big debate is whether they're actually met the franchise record of 1967 for because that's they lost ten in a, or ten straight in 1967. But then you know the big quibble is whether or not this is considered a ten game losing streak because the NHL officially only recognizes it as a winless streak. So yes, there's a lot of hand wringing going on about that right now in Toronto. A small shaft of light if they haven't actually tied that. Horrible record. Yes, <laughs> which could be, you know, this all may be moot by the time uh, tonight's game's over against Jersey. Did that 10-game losing streak in 1967 come before or after the Cup win? 
book just just, just leading up to uh, it. It was yeah, the prelude to the to the like, big wow, victory. There's hope yet, then. <laughs> mm. All right, well, we'll leave it at that. Thank you very much, John, and thanks, Joanne. They're in Toronto. No we'll yeah. t- we'll do this again soon. Thanks much. You bet.